Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. It's been a while. Hope everyone enjoyed their holiday break. Uh, we're going to find out if we all enjoyed ours. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. All my line mates are back with me this evening. We'll see if they've refreshed and reinvigorated from the holiday break or not. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price. Hey, it's the best power walker this side of the Mississippi because I'm on the other side of the Mississippi than y'all. What is weird? Uh, right there. First of all, the the every time you throw a y'all at me, it reminds me that you spent time in uh, thinking college. You were down in Texas because I, I still I, get thrown right, off. That's right. That's where I got my master's degree. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of y'alls around these parts, and you're more west than south. But you know. Best power walker. All right. I guess, I, I guess if we have any listeners on the West side of the Mississippi who are challenge fervent power walkers, they know where challenge. to the challenge at. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, you can find them on Twitter at shepherd. It's at shepherd price. Nice and easy. Uh, also on yeah. Twitter at mill one eighty two is the next person in this group. And um you know what? I really, uh, I really messed this up because usually this is where I do a really, uh, I really do a nice fancy introduction for you. And I can't think of any band members. So I had to Google one really fast and nothing's coming up. So it's Mill Savage. You know what? He, he is the second city hockey with Steve Harwell is the smash mouth. It's Mill Savage. I'm sorry. No, I don't, don't be sorry. I have a copy of Astral on sitting around here somewhere. Uh, dating, dating myself. What was it a fush you mang or something? Fushu like mang, that was yeah, the other one. Man, the one yeah. yeah, that album yeah. ruled when I was nine years old or ten, yeah. however old I was. Uh, I don't say y'all, but I say yins a lot thanks to my my true Pittsburgh dad that I have. Have Have you recovered from having to uh, watch the an actual like good quarterback for the last two decades play his last game? No, yeah. I'm sitting here in a Cleveland Sox shirt with two of my two. Like, I have a bunch of Roethlisberger jerseys, but two of them are hanging up next to me. And I've cried a lot, and it was brutal. And I'm, it was a beautiful way to say goodbye. I'm really they, sad they for you that you've had a, a Hall of Fame quarterback for two decades. Must must be must be nice. Yeah, really sad that like your 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 Hall of Fame player is retiring at an appropriate age, and well, not thirty, Calvin. Not well, thirty, Calvin. I mean, uh, the thing is, Ben. Uh, and, and people, you know, I know people don't like Steelers. That's okay. But, uh, but before he fucked up his elbow and had to have it reconstructed, he was, he still had the zip on the ball just cause he's old and can't move. He could still throw, but that messed him up and it, it's time. You know, I, I'm happy he gets to go spend time with his family, but you know, you guys are sports fans. You get it. Get it. Yep. So. Also with this, yeah. Uh, also with this this evening, you can't find her on Twitter. But you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. And she is, of course, the Bullen, Second City Hockey Bullen Wall of Text. It is Betsy. Hi. I haven't been around a while. I'm sure anybody who read the comments today was because I've lost a cat. And if anybody has any good finding cat tips, send them my way. I've, I've read a lot of pet detective guides recently. 
that's a real thing. Um, but I will take any suggestions at this point. Yes, please, please. If, if anybody in the, uh, anybody that has any advice, please send them our way and we will happily pass them along to Betsy because we need to find this damn cat. You can email us. <laughs> email us, tweet us. Uh, if you, if you, you'll know if you live in the area because apparently Betsy's been putting flyers everywhere. So yeah, if you live in North Georgia, you're probably going to see a cat flyer. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out if the podcast reaches down to North Georgia. Um, so uh, obviously that well, you, we hope you, your cat is found very soon, Betsy, but, yeah. um, on a, on a, hopefully shifting to a slightly more lighter note, um, as we are the self-appointed best hockey themed food, pa- food podcast on the internet, we have to quickly retrace our steps, uh, a few weeks and do some quick, uh, Christmas food recaps. I just want to, I think I put this into our group chat, but I had eggnog and it is delightful. Does that mean it's now three one in favor of eggnog? Because like, great. I mean, I, I, my my vote's certainly in favor of it now. Yeah, like, fly the fly the fly the fly the fly the uh, GWB banners. We did it. Like mission accomplished. It's like three uh, one, so it's like the first period of a Hawks game. Oh, <laughs> not wrong. Oh, oh. Uh, you know, let's not talk about the Blackhawks yet. We're gonna have plenty of time to co- complain about them. <laughs> our belated Blackhawks podcast. Don't want to talk about them. Yeah, we'll do our belated grievances at some point. But no, I. It was like it was from the uh, the Oberweiss Dairy, which is around. Oh the, yeah, that's around good here. Stuff. It's and I think it was like a spearmint flavor in there somewhere. It tasted like a spearmint milkshake, and it was just wonderful. Uh, any any other Christmas food highlights to throw out to the people? And Mill, I know you're you're uh, you're. Yeah, I start tomorrow, so I'll uh, I'll have a rain check for you. Okay, okay. Shane, Betsy, do you guys have any any additions to the list? I was in Seattle, so I didn't get my usual Christmas feast of lamb and scalloped potatoes. But uh, I got like it was the same meal except worse because it wasn't homemade as Thanksgiving. Do they like go to like any sort of seafood based? meals because you're in seattle i'm sure i'm sure they do i also had new england clam chowder for christmas dinner uh, a cup of new england clam chowder yes but anywhere you can get seafood get, get, get new england clam chowder that's fair uh, betsy, out. <laughs> betsy do you have any uh any christmas food highlights while we're we're on the topic before we get sad talking about the hawks um i tried three different macaronis and mm. i know all macaronis can be like different different but uh one of them had like chili flakes in it. And I thought that was an interesting, I know there's like Tex-Mex for, but for Christmas, it was an interesting flavor choice. Um, it was my least favorite, but I don't like spicy foods, but the other two were delightful. I, I like I feel like macaroni salad is usually a Christmas staple around my family, but not a salad, just regular. Yeah. Macaroni. yeah I don't, yeah. I think we're talking about two different things here for sure. Yeah. Um, also, I had a, one of my cousins who brought just a, I will call a pornographic amount of desserts to Christmas. Um, she made these like brownies with like a layer of mint in the middle of them that were incredible. And she also made was essentially Twix cookies. I know the candy, like it says it's a cookie bar, but it was like a sugar based cookie with caramel on top and then chocolate on top of that. It were Twix cookies. They were delightful. So uh, I uh, I have several pairs of jeans that don't fit quite as well right now as they did two weeks ago. So uh, guess we're gonna have to start start uh, running around or something. So I'm on the power walk train. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Get, get your steps in. Get 10,000 steps a day. Funny year's resolution. Uh, all right. Well, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's about, it's about 10 degrees outside and the wind is shaking my house a little bit, but other than that, I'm sure I can get 10,000 steps. Well, in outside. Dave, if you want to get 10,000 steps, go visit your ticket broker at Costco. <laughs> you can walk or, around. Or you, know, you, you can take, you can get this pace around your house watching the game. Uh, I, I don't pace around the house when I watch the Blackhawks anymore. I sit in sadness and that is where we will transition into the 2022 Chicago Blackhawks who rang in the new year in absolutely horrendous fashion. Um, they were outscored 11 to two over the holiday weekend. They lost six to the one, six to one to the predators on Saturday and five to the one to the flames on Sunday. I have nothing to say about either one of these games because they were just terrible and they were awful. And I hope I never have to speak of them ever again. Uh, and Tuesday night, last night for those keeping score at home, uh, they played a garbage first period against Colorado and it felt like they were on their way to another game like those two, but then they played maybe the best two back-to-back periods of the entire season. Is that fair to say? I felt like, like it was really good hockey for 40 minutes. Um, so, so I get, we're going to come back to these games as a, an overall piece in a bit here, but I I do want to focus in on one player in particular who's been on, probably been on sports center on ESPN, probably TSN up in Canada, uh, probably been on every hockey show you've watched in the last 24 hours. Uh, but all for all of the wrong reasons. And that player is Kirby doc who got, I'd say the hockey equivalent of posterized because Kale McCard spun around him and walked in and scored a ridiculously incredible, impressive goal because Kale McCarr is just going to be an awesome hockey player already is, and might still get better, which is a little terrifying because he's in the division. But the reason I want to talk about Kirby doc is because uh, I feel like that, it, there, there's something jarring about seeing the Colorado Avalanche's top five draft pick do something like that at the hands of the Blackhawks number three overall pick from a few years ago. Now I know Doc's not supposed to be a defensive player or not, not really that he's a forward. He's not a defenseman. So there, there's a level of um, like, you can forgive the mistake he made somewhat, but I don't know. I, I just, there's something I, I we've had this conversation before and I wanted to bring it up again. I'm just losing all of my faith in Kirby doc. So I want to throw it out to the panel. Just what, what are your Shay? I'll let you go first. Just what does uh Kirby doc thoughts on, on what he's been looking like this season. He was perfectly okay. Offensively last night. I wouldn't like, he was, he got chances. He got, he, he got to where he needed to go is when he faced us, he did his job. Are you it's sure? just like in overtime, he got, he got played by another top five pick. Like what the top five pick on top five pick. The person to be angry at isn't, isn't Kirby doc. It's the guy who got juked out of the net. Well, Flurry got stick handled out of position. What are you doing? All right. I mean, twice. That's... I think I got to stick handled out of position twice. And also doc was not the worst. The doc did not have the most embarrassing slip ups last night. Uh, another player oh, oh. Paid, who will start getting paid $9.5 million right. next season to play defense. Had way more embarrassing slip up All last right. night. One I, of those, Doc is getting paid what nine hundred thousand dollars. Kale McCarr's goal is so going to be on every highlight reel for the rest of the season, though. That that's kind of the the point. Yes, but I think that goal is more about 
the flurry juke out than it is about the curve that Doc's mm. Doc is still a young forward who's getting used to defense in the NHL. It's, but, his, but, it's, it's but, his sophomore season, essentially. Go ahead, Mel. I'm looking at it right now, and if you really look at it, the, the really impressive thing that Flurry couldn't help is he he lifted it in very close range over his shoulder in a small gap, and you have to credit him for making that shot because that's really hard. It's a stupidly impressive yeah. goal. Like I, I mean, like Kale McCarr has 14 goals this season, which is insane. He lifted the puck backhand on the red line above Flurry's shoulder. And I, I just wanted to, I didn't want to like interrupt, but I'm, I'm rewatching it now, listening to you guys talk about it just so I can kind of get some more perspective after letting it sit in. This is the, the thing I want to get to though, is the, the quote from Derek King after the game. And th- this is what I wanted to, uh, I, I think I put this in our group. So you got group chats, so you guys could see this. Cause this quote, this is what's really bothering me about it's It's more about the way they're using Kirby doc. The quote from Derek King said on, on why they started with, I believe it was Kirby Doc, Phil Kurashev, and Caleb Jones, maybe Seth Jones. It was definitely Doc and Kurashev started. It was with. it was Seth Seth Jones. Okay, but he's but then Derek King said they've been checking the McKinnon line all night. So and they've done a great job. So why stop there? They're young, but they have to learn to to play against these guys. My question, and I'm gonna swing this around to Betsy. At any was there ever any point in his juniors career or at any time he was being scouted for the NHL draft that defensive acumen was one of the high points on Kirby Doc's scouting report? Uh, he's a he was always a good defensive player, but like in a two way kind of mode. Like there's no point where he was ever used to be a checking line forward or anything like that. It was always in a Taves kind of way where he was good offensively, but he was good defensively too. Um, but I don't think at the same level that Taves ever was at that younger age, um, just in that same, like he could play two ways. Um, that was one of the things that people liked about him is that he had a good defensive foundation. I don't really think know if he's actually grown very much defensively since he's been in the NHL. Um, that's, why I'm not really totally sure why you would put him on McKinnon. The whole, that's a choice. Yeah. I think that, and this is where, like, I, I think Kirby Dow looks like a player to me whose confidence is completely shot. And I think part of that stems from what happened late in the third period. There was a two, he had a two on one with him. And I think it was Kershaw and McKinnon, uh, you know, got a rocket up his ass, caught Doc and broke up the play completely. And I feel like Doc just, it looked like he crossed the blue line, did not take a single stride, was just coasting the whole way in. And then uh, once he saw like McKinnon was there, he kind of peeled off to the boards and spun back instead of trying to make, you know, trying to position his body between McKinnon and the puck and fend him off and then make the pass over to Kurashev or try to finish the play himself. I feel like a, a player that is, playing well and at a high confidence level makes a better scoring chance out of that play. And I feel like that one play is indicative of everything that's wrong with Kirby doc right now, because he doesn't have the self-confidence that he can pull it off. And instead he, you know, he's like, Oh shit, here's Nathan McKinnon. When anybody else would be like, fuck this guy. I'm going to try and score anyway. Yeah. Doc said over the break that like he was unhappy with where he was too. Mm-hmm. And I don't, again, I don't personally blame him because he hasn't had an NHL head coach ever. 
in his career so far? Yeah, I'm sorry, but putting him against McKinnon, that whole, well, he has to learn. It's like, sure, but it doesn't have to be right this second. Why are you not deploying your glorious fourth liners <laughs> against, you know, what's the point in them? I mean, other than the fact there's not a whole lot of some of them, um, but they're, they have enough players on the Blackhawks to form a at least decent checking line, and those should be getting the McKinnons in certain situations, and you should be putting uh, at no, Taves was one Taves and Hosa were some of the best defensive players on the Blackhawks. Did Q put them against the top line every fucking time? No, because that's stupid. So, I mean, that's why they had Boland and Kruger. Yeah. And, and that's not rocket science. <laughs> and like, and, and, and also why is Kirby doc playing? Why? I mean, why is Mackenzie at whistle playing on Taves's wing where, where like, I'd argue doc should fit there right now. Who, who was the other line mate with Kurashev and Doc? Because Kurashev also. So, so, so Kurashev is a good defensive player, but he's really young too. Kubalik is actually not particularly good defensively. Like he's fine, he's average, but it's not his strong suit. So just I, that whole line together is not a great. Just don't do it. I like I like that line, just not as a checking line. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I think they play would play well together, but I don't understand why you're putting them against the best of the best. And and, and not only they did this against Colorado, like the overtime is one thing in the overtime matchup thing I don't care about, but they did it against Colorado where they had them against the McKinnon line. And then against the Flames the night before, or the game before, they were they were on the ice the most against Lindholm, Gaudreau, and Kachuk, which is the best scoring line for Calgary. And they got their asses kicked in that game too. So I, it's just, it's, I, I, it's a combination of, I feel like Kirby doc has not had anywhere near the success he's wanted to. So he is, you know, he's not confident and he's not playing up to his own abilities, all of those things. But on the other side of that coin, his coaches are not putting him in any sort of position to succeed. And so these two things together are why Kirby doc is not having any level of success. Can, Can I toss out two quick things on this? No, I'm just kidding. God, no. Uh, the just specifically talking about the overtime goal, I think it's fair to say that this would be played much different if it was five on five. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to hang our hats too much on it because the the type of defensive formation they play, it's like a triangle. Doc breaks that by going behind the net, and then when he kind of comes back around, he just gets Allen Iverson, and like <laughs> you know, it, it it happens. But that's why there is three on three overtime to get these games done in overtime as quick as yeah. possible. Um, so I don't want to hang his entire like defensive, you know, persona on that one play. It was a bad mistake, but it's three on three on the other end of it. I think there's a long list of guys that Kirby Doc's more talented than former Hawks that nobody will bring up because they played on loaded teams under a great coach. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like Kirby doc drafted being drafted so high. We had high expectations for him. It's like, yeah, we're disappointed, but like it's, we're disappointed because we're expecting him to produce more for a shitty team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you're like he had the really good segment in the bubble back in 2021. That was great, but just and and I know there, or I guess that was 2020, not 2021. Like, time right. does time's irrelevant. Who cares? For the same year. <laughs> yeah. well, it was before he broke. Still, it was yeah. before he broke his wrist. Yeah, We're this is March 396. I think is the the date. Um, but anyway, but yeah, like he looked good there. It's just you know, like Kale McCarr is several years ahead of. Doc, in terms, I think McCarr's 23 and Doc, I think, is still 21. I forget how old he is. 
but but the point being, Carr is a more seasoned player, so it's not fair. But I mean, Alex DeBrinket. Kirby Duck is still twenty. He turns twenty one okay. in this month, though. But I mean, like in Alex DeBrinket's rookie season, you ha- you had moments where you're like, oh, this guy's pretty good, and then he did it the next season, and then the season after that, and then he did have a slump uh, of the 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 seventy game season was a little bit of a slump for him. He was better in the bubble. And then last season he reemerged and in this season he's even better. So I just, I, I think we had a summer conversation at the start of the year that uh, just you, you want to see more and you're not seeing it. And it keeps getting more and more frustrating. And I know he's only 20 and he's had all these issues and all these, and there's plenty of caveats and there's plenty of well-reasoned arguments against it. And I'm not telling you to give up on him, but it just, for the love of God, just I wish something cool would happen with Kirby Doc. Not and and I just think for a guy who's struggling with his confidence to be on the opposite end of a highlight reel goal isn't going to help. Yeah, he's a fine player, but I'm just not seeing the fucking top three elite stuff. It just hasn't been there. How many people from his draft have shown that necessarily? Like Hughes shows it a little bit. Byron might if he wasn't. Yeah, I I know. I saw there was a lot of uh, people making a big deal about Bo and Byram being against Doc last night. Like, I don't think Byram's done anything, you know, to beat the world. He's been concussed too much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really look at it like comparing him to other guys in his draft, though. I mean, he's he's also like Capo Caco's not really doing much of anything. Jack Hughes is starting to come into his own a little bit. Honestly, Zergus is probably. The oh, Trevor Zegers, yeah, Trevor Zegers is, yeah, is the most in- entertaining of them all. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, so Zegers was also like shielded in the in of a course. way. Doc I, in fact, all Doc of them was, have been. Even Hughes has yeah. been more shielded. Byram gets to play super low in a loaded defense. You know, like it's not the same situation yeah. at all for any of these guys. But still, yeah. but I think that the the disappointing part isn't comparing it to the players just for sake of it. It's the fact that when they drafted him, it was like, we're not going to look at the positions we need to address. We're going to take the best player possible. And now it's kind of like, well, that's fine. He's a fine player. I like him, but I don't know that it was like, he was so much better than everybody. And maybe they could have filled a position. I think that's the debate. So in 2020 for what it is, they should have flipped the two years that they took a defenseman and a forward. Yeah. They took Boquist. They should have taken a forward the year they took doc. They should have taken a defenseman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You would have taken like Oliver Wallstrom was like the best forward available there. You would have taken Oliver Wallstrom. I like Wallstrom better than I like a lot of other people. Of course, it would have been better to have kept a first round this year because I like Cylinder. Cylinder. They still they still can. And here's (laughs) how. Yeah, you know, I little it's a little it's a little it's a little secret that Dave absolutely hates with one simple trick, and it's called tanking. Tank they now. can't tank. They're not going to win the lottery. You can not. tank. <laughs> there's, 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 there's two simple tricks. There's two simple tricks to, to tanking this season. One is called trade Patrick Kane. I don't think Patrick Kane would let himself be traded. Maybe the only guy's getting traded is probably his flurry. We have to, we have to ban Shay now because he said the T word. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> just, just. I mean, I'm sure Shane writes a nice <laughs> and all, but I'm right. 
How many? How many? They, 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 the, the meme of the meme of they booed Jesus because he was right. <laughs> how many? I, just don't think, I don't think they're lucky enough to win the lottery. That's my thing. I think if uh, they, you know what, it is, it. It, it is an original. Uh, Betsy, good it's the NHL. I have it's no faith. Lucky, you know? I have no faith in their karma. They are not going to let their premier American franchise be bad for that one. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Karma's not on their side, but maybe a fortunate bounce with like a weighted lottery ball is going to... A bent envelope. (laughs) A bent envelope corner might be on their side. Yeah. I... I don't know. I I, I hate that it's it's January 5th and we're already talking about like... (laughs) They just lost 11 to 2 in two games. I'm I'm aware. (laughs) And but that doesn't mean I can't hate that. Like I, I thought, like I know, but like they're not they're 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 giving Derek King fifty more games. Like I, at some point, you got to realize they don't even have a GM, man. Like what? I don't I don't understand. They do. I, they just made a trade. It's an interim GM. They they don't they don't have the 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 front office above the head coach sorted out. They don't have the head coach sorted out. Like I don't. It does it does feel like they need to move relatively quicker on settling the front office situation because they need to figure out what they're going to do in terms of being buyers or sellers at the deadline and all that stuff. Um, Somebody above Davidson has to like, maybe this has already happened, but there has to be like a cap on what he can and cannot do. Like who's above Davidson though. It's like, he like, it's gotta be the younger Bowman was right. Bowman was Poho and Bowman was Poho and uh, there's the words family. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gotta be like, the younger words. <laughs> doesn't Kyle Davidson doesn't for, own the team. For what it's worth, the trade they made was a very merciful trade. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up, Mel, because what we're gonna do is take a very quick timeout and we're gonna come back on the other side of this break and we're gonna talk about that little merciful trade. So come on back on the other side of this timeout for all that discussion. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And as promised before the break, I wanted to talk a little bit about a trade the Blackhawks made today. Uh, they traded away Alex Nylander to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Sam Lafferty. Uh, I don't really have much to say about Sam Lafferty. Uh, he's been kind of a fringe NHL, AHL guy for much of his career. He only played 10 games, I believe, with the Penguins this season with two assists. Um I believe the 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 general talk was that he got traded out of Pittsburgh because of Getty Malkin was coming back and there wasn't going to be a spot for him in the lineup. And then obviously the Alex Nylander situation in Chicago uh, traded for Yoka traded to Chicago in exchange for Yoka Haru and had one full season with the team. Never really impressed. Went to the bubble, started on the top line with Taves and Kane. And by the end of that postseason, he was a healthy scratch. Had the knee injury, missed all of last season, has been playing with Rockford this entire season. Uh, I think I saw someone mention, one of the reporters say that he had asked for an NHL opportunity at some point and was essentially, like, and obviously that never came to fruition, which makes you believe that I, I'm guessing the one guy that was still in his corner was uh, fired about two months ago, that being former general manager Stan Bowman. And so uh, thus ends the Alex Nylander saga in Chicago. And uh, does anybody have any thoughts as we do the uh, the eulogy for the Alex Nylander uh, saga in Chicago? Um, he's very Frank Grimes. <laughs> watch, him, watch him score 60 points on Sidney Krasny's wing. I think they already... Put him in the AHL. I don't think he's going up there. 
right now. I mean, there they have some injuries, and they will have injuries because Pittsburgh's yeah. cursed. Um, but how long does Nylander have? How many games does? Because there was a whole he went to the HL because of some exemption. Yeah, there he still had his waiver exemption because he. Because yeah. of the, there was a very strange clause, a very strange loophole that made him able to be in the AHL season without a waiver issue. And I don't know if that, that carries over to his time in Pittsburgh and frankly, don't really care anymore. Um, I'll just say that I'm a little, it's not like I thought Nylander was going to be a savior and I actually have never been very high on him. If anybody remembers my rants back when they traded Yogi Haru originally. (laughs) And I was like, why? But I will say that I would have preferred him get at least a look in the NHL before, again, before they wrapped it up, you know, Um, if only because they don't have anybody else and they keep trotting out crap players at the age, you know, the NHL, like guys that have been worse in the AHL than Nylander um, Reese Johnson, uh, (laughs) they'll play him, but they won't play Nylander. So it's like, it's a weird, I I get what they're going for with the Johnsons and the Hardmans. They really, really want to find more Hagels, um, slash Shaw's slash Hartman's. Um, but they're having no luck of it. So they're looking for high effort guys. And I don't think you can say Nylander looks like he gives high effort every time though. I thought he was doing a very good job in Rockford. Um, I was actually way more impressed with him in Rockford than I ever was with when he was with the Blackhawks. So um, I just, I think it was a waste a little bit. You could have at least given him a look if you're going to give these other not good players a look. I mean, <laughs> that's, a, I think that's, that's the general idea is like, what did they have to lose? If, if you give Alex Nylander a game or two and, you know, God, you know, for all the time that they've scratched Dylan Strome, put Nylander in one of those spots and see what happens. Maybe you strike gold. Like, I don't think anybody has ever denied that he has the ability to play hockey. It's it's genetic in that family. His brother is excellent in Toronto. His father was pretty good with the Hawks for a while and then like eight other teams over the course of his career. So he can play hockey. It's just there's something between the ears that never really seemed to click with him. And I seemed like there was a little bit of like just hockey IQ and hockey awareness that didn't always work out the best for Nylander, but you know, he, he, he has more points. I think he had more points in that one full season. And I think Curtis Gabriel has probably had in his entire career. Yeah, I was about to say, they sat there and said, Oh, Curtis Gabriel, you know, even though he's older, you know, some guys just develop slower and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, Alex Nylander is still five years younger than Curtis Gabriel. So if you're sitting there saying that, you know, there's, there's still potential for growth at that age, then why the, why are you throwing that away? (laughs) I appreciate that you censored yourself and that there's no reason. I know I had already cursed once, but I, again, I don't even think that highly of Nylander. I just think it's, 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 it's a whatever move in the long run. It's just also kind of a, uh, indication like that this current management seems to be similar to the last management. Um, like there hasn't been much change and I don't know how much they're allowed to do what, how much Davidson's allowed to do, but I already don't like him. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. I do not like him. 
Yeah, it, it's not it's not very encouraging. I mean, when you zoom out in the big picture too, and you do you do the the trade tree, and you started Henry Yokoharu, a first round pick. Yeah, 29th overall, still a first round pick, and you end up with Sam Lafferty now. And that like this, this, this progression from a first round pick to a guy who's a fringe NHL player, that asset mismanagement is exactly why the Hawks are in the predicament they are in right now. Not even the worst trade tree of Bowman. No, no, there's so many worse ones, but that's like that's that's one of them. That's one of them, one of several on the list. And the guy responsible for all of them has been fired for reasons not even related to that is is the amazing part. That's not what got his ass fired. But, um, and Davidson was his hand groomed pick. So again, not super. I mean, yeah. Like, I feel like, like Davidson got like within two weeks when he changed the coach, like, all right, maybe, you know, maybe something cool is happening. And then this, like, just, it's, it's, it seems like the, the, the philosophy within the organization right now between King and Davidson is still, it seems like a very archaic grit toughness type of hockey thing, which all those things are fine, but you also need people who can score goals and play hockey. And the Hawks aren't doing that very well right now. The Hawks employ an offensive system that doesn't let them score even with good offensive players. So yeah, I was about to say, I don't even know if they, if they have the talent that they could, I mean, all credit to the fact that they're, they've been a little better defensively, but um, other than like the last four games, like three and a quarter games, um, but they, who can offense except for the absolute best of the offensive guys on the team? You know, like yeah, there's there's no depth scoring whatsoever. I have a question for you guys on this topic. Sure. It, aside, I mean, I know we're different because we pay attention to different things, but in the grand scheme of things, there's always a lot of people who like to talk about Nylander one way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. If he didn't have his dad's name or wasn't his dad's kid and didn't wear his dad's number and play was for the it, same wasn't team. Wasn't Willie's brother? Wasn't his right. brother's brother. Yeah. Yeah. If he Or whatever the hell he is. If he wasn't just a – wouldn't he just be like a guy? Yeah. I, I, I'm sure the, uh, the, the standard of his last name probably didn't – maybe set some unrealistic expectations for him. For sure. Like it'd be like, oh, that's that forward we got for Yokoharu and it kind of like – whatever you know what i mean like i don't even hate the guy i'm just like who like i just think that we like not we but like the general fan base looks at him like he should be better because of who he is yeah and and clearly he did show he had skill previous to the draft but it's just like who cares are you saying like if his name was alex mcneil (laughs) yeah mark mcneil shout out yeah exactly like well he showed promise didn't work out whatever it's kind of like Eh, like I'm not too flustered about it one way or the other. I think I think it was a combination of that, but also that he was traded for a first round a guy that the Platt Cox picked in the first round that also like Joe. Yeah, but that's not rare on this organization. That's true. For, that's yeah. fair. But like it's like less, you, go ahead, Betsy. I was gonna say it's less about Nylander as a player and more about the moves of the previous management. And then now is that actually gonna change with this new management? It doesn't feel like it. Um I don't like Lafferty, so I don't know if you could have gotten anything. I would, I would have taken a pick over. He's like a better, uh, uh, what's the guy, Grease Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to be he's, a nice guy, but I'm not. Um, no, but like he just throws his body around. It's like, God, here we go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm 
people were like, oh, well, he's pretty good defensively. And I was like, have you watched him and his like micro stats are not that great. He's being carried by his line mates and his team. Um, and he takes way too many penalties compared to what he draws. Yeah, it's um don't like him. It's not there, there's not there's not a lot of good things to say about, about that whole situation. Uh it's just uh, it, it like I, I think go ahead. I was gonna say, is he big? No, he's not even that big. Okay. Do, do you think like Nylander asked his agent just like get me the hell out of here? Probably. I I, I would not blame Nylander if he had done that three months ago. Like I think it, it was seems like a watch. Obvious. It's pretty obvious he wasn't ever get. Well, as soon as Bowman left, I think he probably knew that that was it, that he was done. And I'm sure as soon as that happened, he probably you know he's he's not he's not an idiot. I'm sure he knew he wasn't getting – you see, when you look around the room and you see Reese Johnson getting called up and Hardman getting called up and Connolly getting called up and Ooh. you're like, you know, what the fuck? So, and there's something to say about that. Like, those guys suck. Well, you know, for the most part, they suck. But, like, Derek King is, like, this guy who's like, all right, we're going to play defense and you don't have to be a skill player. You just have to fit in around and play good away from the puck. But it's like, Nylander doesn't do that. Uh, where Okay. Reese Johnson doesn't play defense. Like that's the thing that I don't understand. No, I agree with you. I just mean, I think that he thinks like, Oh, it's the great, it's the old man bullshit. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. It's really dumb. Dave and I've have, have been arguing about uh, King for a little while. And he, he, and Dave, you mentioned that he's been coaching for 20 years. It seems like it. It seems like he's yeah. been coaching for 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know. I kind of, I, I'm not of like a f- fan of things that are happening on the ice with the team, but it's also like just kind of resigned to the situation of he's going to coach. the Like they already said, he's going to coach the rest of the season. I, I don't, you know, I, I can't yell at the, I can only yell at the clouds so much. Like it's I'm just, not mad about that. Cause he's a placeholder. Like they literally had their hands tied with this whole situation. And they're like, well, this guy works for us and he just get the team to 500 if you can and don't get, yeah, don't lose 11 in a row. Yeah, I like he he like they righted the ship like the they were going there the everything was terrible in October and early November and you know he righted the ship a little bit and now I think like there was a headline at the Athletic that the honeymoon's over and I, you lose four games in a row yeah I, I think the honeymoon's over now and now you're finding I think it's out five oh yeah well yeah five after the other game I forget overtime losses count too but yeah they've lost five in a row now and well they actually had to start playing good teams they lost five in a row. So, and you get Arizona on Thursday, so maybe that'll be the rebound performance. But I think this is where you find out if you have a legitimate coach or not. And so far, all the evidence is pointing to no. Well, I think it's fair to say, too, like, because of all the stuff that happened in the offseason that was uh, off-ice related, they probably couldn't even think to put themselves in a situation like, you know, to go out and get Boudreaux or somebody. They're probably like, we just got to wade this out. Yeah, I well, I mean, that might be another part of it too. That like they, you know, when everything came to came to the forefront in November, that they didn't even, or I guess it was October, then November when they changed coaches, they didn't even have like a list of head coaches to call because the the GM who would have been responsible for that had just gotten fired. So it's you like know. you have that COVID on top of it. Yeah. So like, there's, but then the other side of that coin is like that's that's also a little bit of mismanagement too like somebody's got to have that idea right like some some somebody somewhere has to have the contingency plan for if we have to fire the coach tomorrow who do we call one of the words is should have that yeah i'm not gonna lie bowman 
like shit the bed there too because like he was so into his own guy that because if you've know you look every other coaching change that has been successful including the Blackhawks own previous coaching change they made sure that there was a successor just ready and willing and since apparently Crawford was not going to be that guy um Bowman just didn't want to put anybody in just in case and somebody in the comments I don't remember who it was it might have been Rave he was like well how would that have looked confidence wise about your coach if you put in a backup and I was like who fucking cares or you, you put him in like you could have had somebody in the front office as like a scout that yeah just anybody what just Quenville right? was exactly that's what I'm saying yeah they they've had they've done it in the past the the penguins went out and got Sullivan um from the Blackhawks I want to say yeah like, yeah they did yeah they purely did. to put him in the situation where in case something happened because they had been riding that mediocrity train for a couple of years Dan Biles was sucked yeah because they yeah after they, they won <laughs> after they won the cup that he sucked but he came in as a like first year ever. too yeah and they just the penguins were riding that train of like not too bad not too good and they needed something so what did they do they went out and had a backup plan which was smart and the same thing with the bruins with cassidy and the same thing with tampa and it's just so stupid to me they've, they've like they've fucked up in a lot of places I, like it's, I it's amazing say- like the how catastrophic the last year how the calendar year 2021 how badly the entire organization just fucked up so many aspects of this team you know um oh the my Penguins are a good example of uh why you should be able to change your coach like you look at they won uh five cups the first one the coach then passed away unfortunately before the second one granted they were super loaded then in the 90s and then it's like they had to fire their coach and hire Biles one midseason, win a cup, and then he won another one. Then got fired midseason for Sullivan. They won two cups. It's like when you got to change a coach, you have to change it. It's just part of the game. Yeah, but not for and then, and then and then the Hawks made all their changes, but not because of on ice stuff. Well, it's still the craziest part. I mean, that, Colleton definitely got fired because of on. Oh ice yeah, stuff. Cal, Cal, the coach did. Yeah, but, yeah he got fired late for the on ice stuff. Yeah, but. That was straight up like, uh, hey, uh, we don't have anything to cook for dinner, so uh, we're going to eat a bag of chips. <laughs> That's in the cabinet. So That's... so Derek King is a bag of chips. Is that what we're getting to all this? A stale uh, bag of chips. All right. All right. Let's not – I don't want to – Derek King seems like another – he seems like a decent guy. I don't want to – No, I don't hate – I'm not hating on Derek King. It was just like he – wasn't like planned to be the next coach. The stale bag of chips seems like maybe a. I am. I'm hating on Derek King. I, 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 I have never liked what I've seen from this team under Derek King. Uh, well, I mean, I I think that there's uh, at least you can argue that the defense is easier to watch now. It was unwatchable. Yeah, yeah but the offense is le- is less watchable. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah but, I'm not sure how you. you know, we haven't we haven't really dove too far into this. I think because it's. It's it's it was building up steam as a problem earlier in December, and then the last two two to three weeks, it just exploded. The special teams are so fucking bad right now. Like every night, they're giving up one to two power play goals. They're not scoring any power play goals. They gave up a shorty, I believe, against Calgary. Like the special teams, they haven't been so bad. They at five, lose. five. The special teams are dreadful. That's, I wrote about that in that Christmas uh, piece I did. It's like, that's the problem is they lose games because of special teams like more than 50% of the time. Yeah. I, they give I, up I goals. How do, you, like, how do you make me miss Mattel? 
How how do how do I miss Thomas Vittel? That I mean, like like this. <laughs> I mean, like the last the last. I remember like the first month of the, like under Colleton, like I think both the power play and the penalty kill were roughly top ten, and now they are both, I believe, in the bottom. And, and fuck the power play. Like you can win without that being just be middle. You got to be like you know fifty percent. But the penalty kill is literally no pun intended killing them. Seventy five. And they take less. shitty and they and they take shitty penalties. The power play is seventeenth right now, and the penalty kill is twenty seventh. That's that bad. Penalty, that penalty kill was top five in, no, in like the first week of November. Because I mean, I've looked it up recently for an article, and I don't know. <laughs> it's because in the offensive zone they couldn't take any, or I mean the defensive zone they couldn't take as many penalties because they weren't anywhere near their man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. I mean, Let's be honest here. Oh, it's true. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so hey, uh, let's let's end this on a positive note. Uh, while we were talking, we were talking about the Rockford Ice Hogs a little bit, and there was a guy down there who uh, apparently has to save the entire franchise with the way we're talking about everything else related to this team. And that player's not a coach. <laughs> it's not a coach. No, it's not. It's not a coach. It's not a, not a GM. Not anything. It is a hockey player. It is probably the only good forward you have to look forward to maybe for the next two to three years. And his name is Lucas Reichel. Uh, He's back from the concussion. He was in concussion protocol. Then he was in COVID protocol. He has since left both of those protocols. So he's completely protocol free. Hopefully that's the last of all of that. And um, I I guess the, the only thing left to watch for the rest of the season is whether or not they're going to call him up eventually. Uh, Derek King was asked about this sometime within the last week. And I I'm paraphrasing his response, but it was something along the lines of uh, they wanted to get him some game action before they even consider that because of all the games he missed because of the aforementioned protocol issues and also the big holiday break that everybody took in hockey. So I I guess it's kind of, uh, whether the question is whether or not you think we're going to see him in Chicago before this season ends. Uh, Shay, I'll ask you first. What do you think? Sorry, repeat the question. Oh, oh, sorry. You were you watching AEW? Is that what happened? No, I was zoning out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was zoning out thinking about uh, Derek King as a steel leg. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I got Betsy to last. That's, that's, what uh, that's, that's, that's totally fair. Uh, Luke, Lucas Reichel in Chicago before the season ends. Yes. Yeah or nay? Yeah. Uh, well, you said I yes. Asked this, I, asked, I asked this before the show. Is, is, is Rockford in a playoff position? Because if Rockford's in a playoff position, I'd rather him stay there. If they're, they're not. They're, they're flirting with it. Like in the AHL, like it's um, – I mean, it's similar, like similar to the NHL. Half of the NHL makes the playoffs – and I don't know exactly how many teams make it in the AHL, but it's it's a significant quantity to the point that um, as long as they're not in dead last in the AHL standings, they're probably still in contention. And right now they're fifth place in the division, and they've got games in hand on the two teams above them. So I, I'd say, yeah, they're as, as it stands right now, they're definitely in the playoff chase. Okay, so I'd rather him stay there in what could be a more winning culture than the Blackhawks currently are. I'd rather him play first line minutes. I'd rather him get used to NHL, not NHL, but North American ice. I'd rather rather him stay away from Derek King. Betsy, what about you? I'm, I'm of the same mind, except that it's because I don't 
think that they should waste a year or rush him the way they have every other first round pick that they've had for a while. I think they've played all of them too soon. And I get guess that was like Bowman's whole thing, but give him a chance to stay down there. The only problem is that Rockford is also very low on talent. Um, and noticing a theme here. I mean, the Blackhawks are really shallow forward wise in general, but like, when your best player other than like Nylander was the, the second best forward on the ice hogs that was a prospect, then maybe Mike Hardman, maybe Barrett. And like, yeah, Evan Barrett's having a okay season. I think. Seems yeah. Like. He's okay. Um, I've liked him better as of late. And then um, I can't remember. Dylan, Mike Dylan McLaughlin, who's not a prospect. I don't believe. Yes, He's a HL Mm-hmm. Um, HL player. And then, and then, it's a, then there's a lot of names of guys that are uh, some of them I can't. This Carson J, just I did. There's a lot of G I C E W I C Z. How do you spell that name? Or how do you pronounce that name? Don't ask me. I can't. That pronounce. guy. He's he's also he's another AHL guy. So like the like the leading scorers like Lucas Reichel's number one, and then Ian Mitchell, and then Evan Barrett, and then you've got um, you know a handful of guys who are not Blackhawks property. They're just AHL guys. Yeah, but you have to. Like Reichel missed a ton of games and nobody has even come close to sniffing his points. Like that's how shallow they are. And like Hardman has only played in five games, but he's got three points in those five games, I wanna say. You're so right. he's not he's not bad. But his style of hockey would do well down there. I actually don't mind Hardman playing. I would prefer him to play with Reichel because in college Hardman did very well with high skilled players. Um mm-hmm was good at like clearing space for them. I don't know if he can do it in the NHL, but I'm fine with him doing it down there. But yeah. So there's like the, the reverse thing. He stays down there and he's with maybe a winning, winninger. That's not a real word, more winning team versus playing with actually better players. Like I would love to see Reichel with Kane or um doc or strom or taves you know like what could you do with that type of thing but he's so young let him maybe let him i feel like you might get uh well here let me ask mill first mill what do you think uh short answer yes with an if long answer no with a but (laughs) uh which and i'm and, and what i mean by that is i don't think he'll be up until next year's home opener or whatever but the only reason I could see for him to come up to the Hawks now is if they were going to make the playoffs. And I don't see that happening. If they were going to make the playoffs, they could use a scorer like him. But with all of the variables in low ticket sales, be it the t- state of the team, the weather, COVID, all this stuff, he, he, nobody knows who he is unless you're like a big Hawks fan. So like he's not going to sell the extra 4,000 empty seats or whatever. So I just don't see it happening for any reason other than they need to score and they're not going to probably make the playoffs. So I'm going to say he comes up uh, next year. I think you're going to get a glimpse of him before the season ends. I think it's going to be uh, like, cause they, they have the nine game rule with if he doesn't if he plays fewer than nine, I think it's nine or fewer games. You get nine. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're, you're, uh, entry level contract slides for another year. 
So essentially it doesn't start the clock on his contract. So I feel like you're going to see him at some point, maybe like in that first week of April. Well, wh- yeah. whatever the, la- the last week, maybe. give him three or four games, if depending on what's going on with the AHL. But I think they're going to bring him up, let him play three or four games to get, get his feet wet in the NHL and then send him back down to the AHL for the rest of the season. Maybe if, if they trade like depth pieces at, at the deadline for for a return. And actually, you know what, that, that's another quick jumping back to the Nylander thing. Like, I don't know what was available uh, in trades. I, I'm not privy to those conversations, obviously. Uh, I don't understand why you trade Nylander for anything other than, like, a draft pick. Even if exactly, it's like a four-round pick, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, I, I just think to get the fuck out. That's why I asked that question earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's just, a good point. I just want them to bring in a body of somebody that Derek King might play that really shouldn't be played. Like, nope. stop giving him toys to play with. I got bad news for you, Betsy. I know. <laughs> it was but, Christmas, and he just got a shiny new toy. I mean, that's that. like bringing it back to Davidson. I didn't like that King was like, I want an enforcer, and he went out and got a guy who shouldn't be in the NHL. And now they're like, well, they got to get rid of Nylander, and they went out with a guy who maybe shouldn't be in the NHL. Like, <laughs> stop doing that. Just maybe don't. I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, I it's tried. Not even, maybe, it's not maybe, even about maybe, the maybe don't. Yeah. To give up. Just don't. I don't think you should yeah. be making moves to make this coach happy when he's not in the long-term plans. Right. Maybe don't listen to your AHL coach. <laughs> maybe don't. Maybe don't please him. Well, I tried to end it on an uplifting note by talking about Lucas Reichel, but <laughs> Lucas Oil just, Stadium, baby. I don't know, man. They, they've they've lost five in a row. Like, I don't know what the fuck to be positive about anymore. Like, they're just. Reichel is really fun to watch if people, when he gets back to Rockford and people want to watch, he's everything. Yeah. I don't want to overhype him because I don't think he's going to be, people don't need to think of him as being like a superstar in the making, but he's not far off like the Tara Vinen track where you're going to see good skill and good, you're going to see flashes of it, but it might not take effect until he's a little bit, you know, you're, you're going to get good production, but maybe not elite production. And again, I don't know if he'll be Teravainen level. He's not as good of a playmaker, but he's better defensively than Teravainen was when he got here. Yeah. Um, I mean, just go go watch the highlight of the hat trick he had earlier this well, season. Like, I have a positive note to end on. Sure. <laughs> um, great seats are still available at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Bulls kick ass. And the, the Bulls do kick ass. That is... Um, as you, I think Confirmed. before we came on the air, I think we need to see if Demar Derozan can uh, can skate because uh, that uh, that guy just everything he everything he throws up ends up in the net. So He's I feel like incredible. we just need to put that on on skates and see what happens. They start playing Lonzo Ball's rap music that he makes at the United Center during Hawks games too. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Why not? Shout out Lavar. <laughs> it, cer- it certainly can't hurt. Um, Anything else to uh, any, any other final thoughts before we uh, wrap the show all up here? Happy New Year! We're feeling twenty-two. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm done with like the tempting fate and saying it can't be worse or anything. I'm like, I'm just. It's it's twenty twenty-two and just please God don't suck. That that's that's all I went out of this year. I was going to write an article at the end of twenty twenty-one. Actually, messaged our uh, uh uh, Steph Driver, who runs all the NHL SB Nation sites, I was. Can I write an article with the headline of "Fuck Off 2021" and 
And she said, no, probably shouldn't put that in the headline, but you could definitely write that article. And then by New Year's Eve, I'm like, I just want this year over with. I don't even care to write this article. But uh, I am very, very glad that 2021 is over because that year sucked ass. <laughs> so, Yeah, but we're on the trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really happy about it, though, because I got me. I think me and Betsy both turned 30 this year. Uh, don't worry, your 30s aren't so I'm going to start drinking scotch and soda and listening to REM exclusively. <laughs> Well, I think you think you have some weird expectations for your 30s, Mill, but, you know, we'll see. I'm a weird guy, okay? <laughs> I, I, plus, I watch the Hawks. I need scotch. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Uh, anything else? I, I think we think we uh, got some good final thoughts. Uh, drink scotch, and we're glad 2021's over. The Drink Scotch Center. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, St. Louis, just kidding. Yeah, all right. I think on that note, we can uh, wrap up this year edition of musings on Madison. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find all of us on Twitter. Well, most of us on Twitter. I'm at SCH underscore Dave M shepherds at shepherd price mills at mill 182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but she is at second city hockey.com under the name LBR. That's where you can find all of our stuff, all of our previews and our recaps and everything in between. Um, and we'll, you know, I don't know what the hell the next three months are going to bring, but we're going to keep writing about this team because it's kind of kind of what we're why we're all here anyway. So uh, thanks again to li- for everyone for listening. Thanks to you three for hanging out this evening. We'll talk to you next week and uh, go Bulls. For real. And my city love me like the Marta Rosen. I sent her the child support. She sent me the heart emoji. They all say they love me, but they hardly know me. Yeah. Dropped them off at school, big day for my little man. Recess hits, daddy probably made another M. School bell rings and I'm out there to get him again. Yeah, teacher parent meetings, wives get googly eyed. Regardless of what they husbands do to provide. Asking if I know Beyonce and Nicki Minaj. Of course. Pull up to the front in a fleet of Suburbans. Flooded French immersion with the Secret Service.